Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Emily Heck, the founder of Evergreen Strategic Communications, a marketing agency who specialize in non-profits. So we're talking about how to market a charity or non-profit organization. Thanks for downloading. Now, marketing a non-profit is very different to marketing a business. There's parts that overlap and we can use similar tactics, but strategically we need to think a little differently. So in this episode, I'm talking to Emily Heck, a former marketer for the Crossroads of America Council and also the Boy Scouts of America, and currently the founder of Evergreen Strategic Communications. Now, it's a fascinating chat about how non-profits and businesses differ, how they don't differ. Uh, So listen up for lots of insight, lots of tips. Uh, You can find Emily at evergreenstrategic.org. That's evergreenstrategic.org. Also on LinkedIn as well. Check out the links in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free. I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and subscribe via your favourite podcast app. Uh, You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Emily was what the main differences were between marketing a non-profit and a business? Yeah, so this is a conversation I have very frequently Mm. with my clients because when you think about it, 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 the basics of marketing, there really shouldn't be a difference because Mm. you're still marketing to a consumer mindset. You're just marketing to a different part of uh, of their mind. We're marketing um, from a nonprofit perspective. We're marketing to their heartstrings and the things that they are passionate about. Uh, from a marketing operational standpoint, the biggest difference has really been the philosophy and approach to marketing. Um, in the past, when I started my career, um, nonprofits didn't spend dollars on marketing. It was very taboo. It is not something that um, was talked about. Um, everything needed to go back to the mission and what the mission served, the people that it served, um, the animals, the cause, you know, whatever the yeah. mission served. Um, and you just had to figure out how to raise awareness organically. Um, and for a lot of smaller nonprofits with a small staff, marketing was one of the last things on their list uh, because they have, you know, a lot of mission focused things on their to do list. Um, and so that has really changed, I'd say, in probably the past decade. Um, and what I'm seeing a lot is nonprofits are taking a for profit company approach to their sure. marketing. We, as marketing professionals, we talk a lot about how competitive the environment is and you're just, you're desperate to grab your audience's attention because there's so many messages flying at them in a day and nonprofits are not excluded from that. And so you have to get creative with your marketing. Um, You have to get creative with how you're going to get your message out there. Um, And so... It's funny, I I talk with nonprofits a lot and every once in a while I have one that pops up that's like, well, we're thinking about doing marketing. And in my mind in now 2022, it's like, 
how are you just now yeah, thinking yeah, about sure. it? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be doing it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's dig into a little bit of what you just said. You mentioned kind of like pulling on the heartstrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how hard should you pull? Because you can pull a bit too hard, can you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it is a delicate balance yeah. of uh, pulling on the heartstrings, but then also making your case for why you need that donor or why you need that member. Um, and you don't, it's a delicate balance of you don't want to play the poor us card too much. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you do want to say, you know, we're pulling out your heartstrings. This is what we do. This is why we are good for our community. And this is why you should be a part of our organization or be a part of our cause. Um, and that is something that is unique for nonprofits. Other businesses, for-profit businesses, can't do that a lot. Um, you know, it, it, at their base, they are for-profit. And while a lot of them have, you know, um, causes that they focus on that is not the core of their business and nonprofits have the benefit that they can pull at those heartstrings mm. but you have to do it in a very delicate and a balanced yeah. way yeah yeah because i've seen some videos and i've thought thought, thought to myself ooh that's you know that's going a bit <laughs> yeah. far that is like people dying all over the streets mm. and th- and like this the imagery and the Im- and i know it's kind of shock tactics i know it's trying to get get a donation or get get money off folks but sometimes you can go too far can you yeah absolutely i I actually earlier this week um was reading an article um from a it was it was about a marketing consultant who was trying to figure out how to readjust her content in her emails because she felt like this nonprofit had gone too far in the doom and gloom of their cause and that people were avoiding opening her emails. And in our world right now with, you know, sickness and violence and, you know, just kind of a, a gloomy world, a gloomy landscape right now, people don't want another email that comes in that is dark and, you know, whatever is happening with this nonprofit. And so you've got to find the balance of hope and yeah. giving a message of hope and um, not not creating more doom and gloom for yeah. people. Do you think it's kind of like what, maybe focusing on the positives of what the nonprofit is trying to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It is about the benefits and the change and the impact the nonprofit is doing. You have a problem, you're trying to solve a problem, that's what a nonprofit is is for, um, and you really need to focus on, yes, there is this problem, but this is how we are fixing it. You know, yeah. This is how we are saving animals as an animal shelter. Yeah. This is how we are feeding the hungry in our community as a food pantry, and not focusing too much on uh, there's XYZ people who experience hunger in our community. Yeah. Uh, so it's a balance of showing, you know, those statistics, those statistics, and um, showing what the problem is. But really, a good portion of your message and a good portion of your content needs to talk about what you're doing as a nonprofit to fix that problem. Yeah. 
So does a non-profit need to think more like a business or do you think this could be a bit of a mistake? Because you hear of our folks saying, oh, you've got to think like a business. In the UK, we, we, we kind of like all our public services, like the, the National Health Service in the UK. Everybody's always telling them to think more like a business, but they're not actually a business, are they? But should they think more like them, do you think? So I, I stand on the side of they need to think like a business. From the marketing side, I think that a lot of times nonprofits, especially the smaller nonprofits, they're trying to wear, raise awareness, you know, with a booth at the local farmer's market or relying on their volunteers to help raise awareness through uh, word of mouth. But you really, in today's world, you have to think bigger. Um, there's so many marketing messages that are coming at an individual within a, within 24 hour period. And you're not only competing among other nonprofits, you're competing with everyone else and it's about building relationships. And so I like to take a, you know, I have small business clients and I have nonprofit clients Hmm. and I use a lot of the same strategies and tactics for both audiences or for both clients. Uh, I may tweak it a little bit, Uh, you know, nonprofit, again, I have to really touch at those heartstrings and the benefits of the organization, but at the foundation or at the basics of what I'm doing from a marketing standpoint, it's identical. Yeah. Do you think this kind of like, well, maybe in the back end, in the management, like when we're managing campaigns and we're tracking goals and we're tracking all sorts of different things and and whether we're actually getting any results from our campaigns and that, that's thinking like a business and that should be okay. Mm -hmm. But do you think when it comes to the messaging, that needs to maybe step back a little bit from the business side so you don't sound as if you're selling? Right. And and that's... That is something that I have struggled with in mm. my um, in my career, and something that I have a conversation with clients a lot. You don't want to go so heavy on give us gifts, yeah. You know, which in, on the business side, that is sales. They're sure. always trying to sell you something. Yeah. Um, on the nonprofit side, you don't want to go so heavy on make a gift, make a gift, make a gift that people are losing sight of. Um, what the organization is all about. And they think that you are just communicating with them because you need your bottom line to grow. Yeah. Um, so that that is a tough part. I mean, it's a, their nonprofits are so unique in the way we have to approach our marketing. The basics are the same, yeah. but there's a lot of different elements to think about, um, not only in the people, but the strategies and the tactics and the operations um, that you have to kind of all all put in and consider while you're coming yeah. up with um, how to message. So if we look at some of the strategies in that, particularly kind of like in the digital world and the digital marketing mm-hmm. side of things, what have you seen work well for fundraising? I mean, we can look at things like email marketing, I suppose, Facebook ads, Google ads, all this sort of thing. What works well? Yeah, so digital fundraising has really risen in the past decade. I mean, back in the early 2000s, 2010s, Mm. Giving Tuesday was just coming online. And there was still so much uncertainty about online giving. And I mean, what has that been? A decade? um, (laughs) A decade or so? Just a little bit over a decade. And look how far we have come. I mean, Giving Tuesday, um, I, I saw right after Giving Tuesday 2021, it continued to grow over 2020 and over 2019. So even in this kind of strange time in the global landscape, giving is conti- online giving is continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, and 
a lot of old school fundraisers are still not paying attention to digital fundraising. And we have a generation, a millennial generation, that that's how they're going to give is digitally. They're not going to write a check. They're not going to send, you know, fill out the the form that you mail them with their credit card number. Um, And so digital fundraising is here. It's here to stay. Um, And it's, I mean, you have to have a digital component to your annual fundraising strategy. It's not a, oh, if we have time kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I've used digital ads, email, social media, you know, a really multi-channel campaign with Giving Days and Giving Tuesdays um, that have have been very successful. I actually just um, wrapped up a campaign with a client that we incorporated a letter and a postcard, so two mailed components, as right. well as social media and a newsletter. It was the first time that this client um, here in Indianapolis had incorporated some digital you know, social media, um, emails and whatnot. And the campaign grew by 33%. And they're like, this is, you know, this is great. It it, it just kind of blew my mind of like, well, why haven't you guys ever tried this (laughs) before? Um, But, and that was not even putting paid digital dollars behind it. That was just using kind of the organic digital tools in the toolbox um, to help raise, um, to help raise dollars and raise awareness. And so it's something that I have a conversation a lot with clients of you, we've got to get some digital fundraising. I mean, really step one that when I go into a client is what is your online giving platform look like? Is it easy to make a gift on your website? And a lot of times it's not. And that is definitely step one before we can even start to talk about a um, digital fundraising strategy. Yeah, well, one thing which which amazed me, well, I don't suppose it did really amaze me, but there was a survey out that, like, virtually nobody in the UK has a printer anymore. They don't have a printer. <laughs> right. I, I mean, especially if you're kind of, like, under the age of 40. You just, uh, I mean, I've got a printer, but I haven't got it plugged in. I genuinely don't know where my printer is. Um, if, I, if I need to scan something, I photograph it on my phone. And, and I load yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And and it's kind of like if you go to a charity and you've got to print out a form, fill in like direct debit details and your bank information, then put it in an envelope, walk down the street and put it in a post box. You've kind of lost 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 then, haven't yeah. you? It's not going to work, is yeah. it? It's, it's amazing. And it's I'm always amazed at the fundraising events that I go to. And it's still a paper uh, pledge card yeah. sitting at your table. And I mean, it takes time. These nonprofits, I mean, the Boy Scouts of America were 100 years old when I started with them. And I mean, I've obviously gone through a lot of change and have grown. But when you have have these nonprofits that are so well-established and um, very, I'm going to go ahead and say stuck in their ways, it's hard to make that change because they know what works. And you have a marketing professional coming in being like, well, you need to do X, Y, Z in the digital space. And there's some hesitancy. So, I mean, it's a lot of just having a conversation and continuing to talk about the benefits of this, uh, the benefits of digital fundraising, the benefits of approaching um, our nonprofit marketing with a business mindset. Um, 
But yeah, it's the world has changed. And like you said, yeah. there's no printers sitting in people's no, houses anymore. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I printed anything. I really can't. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so do you think we should split our kind of like supporters and members into kind of like completely different groups and market to them separately. So we've got supporters who are already supporters and members of it. And then we've got folks who we, we, we want to try and get as, as prospects, new, new members, new supporters. Should we split the marketing between these two groups? So this is a tough question. Um, and I, we could probably have an entire another conversation yes, yeah. about this because um, there's so many angles of how to approach this. Yeah. Um, you know, each organization is structured differently in how they serve their members and supporters. So it, it's hard to kind of do a one size fits all. And I know that is the typical uh, marketing professional response of, well, it depends. Yeah. Um, but this is this is definitely one of those areas. Um, I, you know, it's interesting as I was always thinking through this question, um, I was thinking back on how when I was working in a full-time nonprofit role before I started my business, how did I approach this? And from my seat in the marketing department, I spent very little time marketing to our current members or current donors. Sure. Um, that was a, a different department, uh, a customer service department, if you will. Um, and they were really responsible for nurturing those relationships. And so my responsibility was a lot in that lead generation or prospect marketing. Um, now, how I approached it between the development department and the member department was totally different. You know, the development department, they had their fundraising strategy and marketing was used to support what they were doing because they really wanted to build one-on-one -on -one relationships with those donors um, and have good thoughtful conversations with those donors and my marketing was purely to support those conversations so yeah. it, it was in the form of sending out you know an email journey um, sharing more about uh, about our organization and, and the good things that we do on the member side with prospective members, marketing really took, you know, took the driver's seat and we were implementing that multi-channel approach. You know, we were sending out emails and digital ads yeah. and mass text messages. And so, like I said, every organization is different. Yeah. You know, they're unique in that their audiences are typically vastly different. So the approach is always customized. Um, and that, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, I mean, nonprofits are so unique in the way our audiences function and how we need to approach audiences that um, our, our marketing approaches are, are completely different. Yeah. I, I was working with a with a, a large UK charity a few years ago, and they had lots and lots and lots of, of kind of like, uh, I don't know, free information. It was a, a cancer charity, and they had mm -hmm. recipes where you could have recipes by email. You could have advice sent to you by email. You could download PDFs and booklets and documents and these all sorts of different things. Now, all of those different sort of like little touch points, they, were all, they could be for members or they could be for supporters, they could be for prospects. And it's difficult to kind of like 
differentiate between who's who's right. the mem- who's the person who's already given us money and who's the person we want to try and give money. How would you go about that? You know, I think it comes down to just being a resource for the community. When mm. I think about that type of organization, a um, a cancer foundation or a cancer organization who is probably at their core raising money for research. Sure. But how else can we be an asset to the community or how else can we be um, an asset to individuals? And that's perfect of what they're doing. They're providing resources to the community. So, um, you know, I go on and I find a healthy recipe or maybe I am a caregiver of someone who has been diagnosed with cancer in my family. And so I go on and try to find caregiver resources. Yeah. Um, and so they're really good from a marketing standpoint. I kind of get excited about those because it's, again, building relationships with those people that maybe down the road, whether it's six months, a year, five years, they're making a gift to yeah. our core mission. But we're also just raising awareness. And can we be known in a community of, oh, maybe you've had a cancer diagnosis with yourself or your family member. You need to go to this organization's website. They have great materials. They have great resources. Um, And we want to be known as that information provider to our community. So in a sense, it's kind of like offering offering what your charity offers, uh, giving people, making it easy for people to, to donate. And, and by almost by, by serving these people, you get the donation, don't you? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, do you think technology can help at all? I mean, is it, I mean can a good CRM system um, help? Uh, with with tagging people and keeping a track on people, or because I, I know I, I've met a few charities who who have tried to implement these things, and they are phenomenally complicated when you're looking at large <laughs> charities with all right. sorts of different angles and different fundraising uh, sort of like uh, platforms. Uh, do, yeah. do, have you have you found it work or or not? So this is really complicated because mm. I actually haven't. I I'm thinking I don't. Nothing is coming to the top of my mind of a great example. Because yeah. like you said, it's so complicated. And what I've found is the development department has their CRM that they do yep. with, use with donors. And then maybe the membership department has their CRM that yep. they use. And there's this big hole of if I don't fall in one of those categories, then the organization really doesn't know who I am. But maybe I really love the organization and I really love what they're doing. I just don't fall in as a member or I don't fall in as a donor. Sure. Um, and so that's something that I think needs to be a conversation among nonprofits of how do we connect all this information? Um, how do we know the engagement level of individuals in our audience? And there's great tools out there. I mean, the tools exist. Sure. It's just a matter of, I mean, I'm, I kind of picture it like this big web of string and it's just you have to start untying the knots yeah. to figure out how everything connects um it, it would be a big big job for anyone yeah. i don't know if i would want that job yeah i'm not sure no i mean whenever i've spoken to folks about this sort of thing it doesn't seem too complicated for kind of like everybody you get in the future because you can you mm-hmm. can track where you particularly digitally you can track where you get your leads from and, and that and you can tag them and we could do all sorts of it, but the one charity i was talking to had 
at 150,000 names, addresses and email addresses. And they didn't really know where they had got those mm-hmm. those from. They did in a way, but they they didn't know if it was generated from an email campaign or if it was a, a, a shop, one of their stores, their shops that they have. Um, they didn't know where it came from. So it's, it's kind of like all those people sort of like fit into this ether that we don't know what they do. <laughs> Right. It, it's, and I think it's scary for nonprofits because especially on the fundraising side is you, this is a conversation that is, is happening right now in Indianapolis and in the local area of there is a generation that is starting to pass away sure, and um, their wealth is being broken up. And here in Indianapolis, a lot of nonprofits, they have given to a lot of the nonprofits. And those nonprofits have really nurtured those relationships, have really, you know, put a lot of time and energy into those those individuals and those families. Well, what happens when that person is no longer there? And we have no idea, you know, if Emily Heck down the road is engaged with us. And maybe I am. Maybe I love your organization. I open every single email. I, you know, like all your posts, but you don't have a system that's tracking that. And I think it's a lot of nonprofits are worried about that because from a fundraising standpoint of our major donors are starting to pass away and move on. Uh, and there's this millennial generation that, you know, maybe can't make a $4 million gift, but maybe they can make another, you know, sizable gift and we have no idea what their engagement level is. Or or maybe they're more likely to be the generation that offer up two, three, five, ten pounds, dollars a month. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not one big lump sum, Yeah. but maybe it's reoccurring it. And I think you could argue, like, maybe that is the better donor because um, they're pulling out their credit card uh, multiple times. Yeah, it's fascinating. I could chat about this for hours and (laughs) hours and hours, Emily, because you could go down all sorts of different rabbit holes with it, Connie. Um, Where can we find you, Emily? Where's your website and all your social media bits? Sure. So um, you can find me online at evergreenstrategic.org. That's my website. Um, I... I'm a big LinkedIn person, so please (laughs) connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, My name again is Emily Heck. And then, of course, I'm also on Instagram at emilyheck.evergreen is where you can find me. Fantastic. What I'll do, I'll leave some links in the show notes so folks can just tap on those. Um, Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Emily. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks again to Emily for her time. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.